advancing scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captain of a scientific technological elite. Signed a climate convention on the importance of economic instruments and free markets were included in this mammoth uh, Agenda 21 document and the Rio Declaration. Uh, let me be clear on one fundamental point. Uh, the United States fully intends to be the world's preeminent leader in protecting the global environment. Coming up, Technocracy News. And greetings from Technocracy News and Trends. This is Patrick Wood, Editor-in-Chief, and this week, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer, as I stay holed up in my office because of abject fear of getting the coronavirus. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm not in abject fear whatsoever at this point. I figure if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. And as some experts are saying, everybody's going to get it anyway. So what's the big ado about? Well, there is a big ado because the economy is getting crushed right now. And there's several stories that have been perpetrated all over the media right now at the secondary level, I might add, that are telling the tale of exactly what's happening to the global economy. None of it's good. We are indeed in the middle of an economic reset. And my background, as you know, is economic in nature. I wrote about the Trilateral Commission years ago in their new international economic order with Professor Anthony Sutton at the time. He was a great mentor for me personally, made a lot of difference in my life for sure. But we wrote about economic issues, and I can tell you what's going on today is an economic reset. This is the new international economic order that was specified in 1973 by members of the Trilateral Commission and the organization as a whole. This is what they wanted to do. The fact that Zbigniew Brzezinski was a co-founder of the Trilateral Commission coming from Columbia University, where just coincidentally, of course, Technocracy was located in 1932. In fact, it was designed by engineers and scientists from Columbia University for the most part. Zbigniew Brzezinski picked it up, fed it to the Trilateral Commission, who in turn fed it to the United Nations under the name Sustainable Development. And here we are today with all these different phrases and terms. It's so confusing. It's now called the Green New Deal. It's called Green Economy. It's called Natural Capitalism. I call it Insanity but it's upon us right now. Back in the 1930s, the original technocrats believed that capitalism and free enterprise was dead. That was the peak of the Great Depression. Instead of giving it a chance to work itself out, these over-the-top scientists and engineers at Columbia decided they would just rewrite an economic system from scratch. They would make it scientific. They would make it according to the scientific method. Let science say how things should be run. That was the biggest mistake that ever happened in the history of mankind, in my opinion. Their ideas were pretty much rejected by the end of the 1940s. For the most part, the reason was the economy recovered. Capitalism did not die. It moved forward. The war, of course, as well, restarted the economic machine in America. So I guess you could say most Americans did not reject technocracy because it was technocracy. They just kind of drifted away as there was no need for it anymore. Capitalism was revived. Everything was fine. So let's forget about rejecting technocracy per se. They just faded into the woodwork until 1973 when Zbigniew Brzezinski 
came up with a great idea. He called it the technotronic era. Well, the coronavirus has succeeded in shutting the world down economically. Most of the panic, as far as I can tell at this point, has been created by the World Health Organization, the WHO. That's an organization of the United Nations, you know. Lock, stock, and barrel, 100%, a UN agency that pictures themselves to be in charge of the health of the entire planet. And you also know that the United Nations is sworn to destroy capitalism and free enterprise. I've written about this and spoken about it so many times, I can almost do it in my sleep. They are sworn to destroy our economic system and replace it with sustainable development. There's never any other option. There's never any other modification to capitalism or any other controls or antitrust actions or anything like that. No. Let's scrap the whole thing and start from scratch with sustainable development. This, my friends, is insanity. There's 7.5 billion people on this planet, and I don't think anybody should have the right to play 52-card pickup with the entire planet. Sustainable development is untested, is unvalidated, and as far as capitalism is concerned, it's matter and antimatter. They can't exist in the same space. Everywhere sustainable development has touched capitalism and free enterprise, gangrene has sat in and it hasn't been sustainable development, that loses. The gangrene sets in and destroys a little pocket of capitalism or free enterprise. This has happened all over the planet, but including in the United States. We see that sustainable development is embedded in every single community in America today. They didn't ask for it. No mayor ever sent out a letter, or a county commissioner never sent out a letter, saying, please come and transform our community into sustainable development. That never happened that way. Rather, agents from the United Nations came into our country, many of them citizens, by the way. They brought this doctrine down to the local level and fed it to the local politicians, the local business people, as if it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and certainly it would be much better than what we have now. This was absolutely disingenuous. It was crooked, in my opinion, because they didn't tell the truth when they came in but now we're suffering the consequences of it. Well, in the meantime, the coronavirus has shut down the economic engine of the world, and it's worse than you think. Estimates are now coming out that say that the gross domestic product of our country, and indeed of the world too, will be shocked by 30% within three months. People are predicting the unemployment rate to go up to as high as 30%, which was shocking because during the Great Depression, Unemployment was 20%. Well, we're really getting hit now. The financial system is on the brink of collapse. I'm just waiting at this point for one major bank to shutter its doors. We don't know who that would be at this point because nobody's done any recent stress tests for the banking system of the world, but I guarantee you it's in shambles. One bank will be all it takes to throw the panic over the top. And my guess is it's going to be a blockbuster of a bank. I won't mention any names. I have some in mind, but I don't think it would be appropriate to mention those names right here. So while all this is going on, every Tom, Dick, and Harry technocrat is coming out of the woodwork to claim their little corner of the world, to take advantage of the situation, some of them with great glee, I might add, because they've been waiting for such a time that our economic system would be destroyed so they can finally flip it into the green economy, the Green New Deal. 
It's coming at us from every single direction. And I predicted this would happen, by the way, when we first got wind of the coronavirus in the first place. It wasn't about the virus at all in the end, not for these people. For them, it was their opportunity on a sunny day to take over the world. We've seen call after call after call now in the news. Here's one, an article titled Pandemic Opportunity. It's time for a global green new deal. This came out of a very green left-wing organization called Common Dreams. I wrote at the top of this article, the United Nations is at the heart of the green new deal and is also controlling the global pandemic through the World Health Organization. And by the way, how hard is it to connect a dot here that all these people belong to the same organization? They're not a house divided against each other. They're all working on the same team. So it's no surprise that Greens are trying to leverage their cause at the same time that the pandemic's going on. I continue, the UN has sworn to destroy capitalism and free enterprise, and the coronavirus is doing exactly that. The UN's plan has always been to replace the economic system with sustainable development, which is technocracy. This article starts out, I won't read more than a couple of paragraphs, by the way. I don't want it to be too toxic to your brain. It is to mine. It, it pains me to read it. A burgeoning chorus of climate campaigners and experts is urging political leaders to learn from how governments handle the coronavirus outbreak, and as the pandemic subsides, to seize the opportunity to both revive the world's economy and battle the climate emergency by implementing, wait for it, a global green new deal. Global, not just in one country, everywhere. As the number of global COVID-19 cases soared past 200,000, and the death toll topped 8,700 on Wednesday, governments scrambled to continue managing the public health and economic crisis while many offices, restaurants, schools, stores, and transportation services around the world remained shut down. U.S. President Donald Trump on Wednesday invoked the Defense Production Act, war powers legislation from 1950 that, thanks to 2009 amendments by Congress, enables him to direct private industry to produce essential equipment to address the coronavirus outbreak. This is really twisted thinking that these people can just snap their fingers and convert the world into a global green new deal because we have this coronavirus going on right now. Absolute insanity. But here they are. They're saying it. And they're not alone. How about Forbes magazine? Once upon a time, some people considered Forbes to be a relatively conservative publication. Maybe it still is. Who knows? In today's world, all roads lead to the same end. It doesn't matter who's at the helm. Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. Doesn't matter. Nobody has their head screwed on right about this stuff. So here's one that's got a pretty green picture of AOC. Forbes declares, include a Green New Deal in the stimulus package. Oh, great. I wrote here, Green New Deal spending is counterproductive, if not outright damaging, to economic recovery. But it will usher in a new era of control over all resources, all production, and all consumption. The Green New Deal is an illusion with absolutely no substance to it. Here's the article from Forbes. It feels an awful lot like 2008. With the economy going off the cliff, then-candidate Obama 
had proffered a massive $1 trillion stimulus plan, or about 4.5% of the gross domestic product. The critics went wild, calling it the epitome of big government and argued that free market forces would realign the economy. That was then. But now that the Republicans control the White House, they too are trying to write a $1 trillion stimulus package, one that is 4.5% of the gross domestic product, and one that could possibly bail out sick oil and gas producers. Such strategies have been anathema to their thinking. President Obama received no Republican votes for his 2009 tax package. But such financial injections are necessary during recessions and to avoid potential catastrophes. This article goes on and concludes at the bottom. The time may, therefore, be right for a Green New Deal. The Republicans can no longer argue that they are against government stimulus plans. The only thing they can debate is where to invest the public funds. Well, thank you, Forbes, who has obviously caved into the concept of a Green New Deal. They're displaying their colors for the world to see. Here's another one. Coronavirus pandemic seen to accelerate 5G rollout in the United States. Well, they wanted to get on the bandwagon too. I wrote in this article, 5G carriers claim that the coronavirus pandemic has actually increased demand for wireless bandwidth and thus make it ever more important to quickly roll out 5G towers around the nation to increase wireless capacity. The article states in the first paragraph, in March 2020, everything that could be moved online already has, from elementary schools to college classes, from entire community workforces to shareholder meetings, Whole cities have emptied under the coronavirus threat as businesses tell employees to work from home. Students are sent indoors to learn online. And every type of entertainment, from restaurants to sporting venues to movie theaters, shutters, forcing people to stay home and rely on their home broadband networks to interact with the outside world. The switchover is unprecedented. They claim which begs the question. Can our current networks handle the strain? Well, the answer, of course, is no, they can't handle the strain. Everybody needs 5G. Why, even a kindergarten child should know that, so they say. So, my guess is, while everybody else is hunkered down in their home, scared to death to come out and even look and see if the sun's shining, the 5G installers are probably busy out there working at the top of the poles in their cherry picker baskets to install these little things as fast as they possibly can. And after all, they've got social distancing covered. When you're all alone, 50 feet off the ground in your cherry picker basket, that's motorized, of course. I'm sure you all know what that is. There's no risk of them getting the coronavirus and they're doing their rollout work at the same time. Sounds like a good job, doesn't it? Probably in big demand right now. Well, here's some more technocrats taking to the airwaves. Well, here's some more technocrats weighing in on the story. This story headlines, Feds look to phone location data to track coronavirus. Oh, so now it's okay to give the Feds phone location data because it's in the name of tracking the coronavirus, you know. Well, you think they're going to stop that after the coronavirus pandemic goes down? Not a chance. I wrote here, 
Silicon Valley technocrats are negotiating with the government to give up location tracking data in smartphones to track coronavirus infections. Once this door is open, the government will never voluntarily close it again. And you know that's the case. The government has never given up power, ever. It only grabs what it can every day and keeps it. And in this case, it's interesting that last year, when everything was relatively normal, those who have data on citizens were so argumentative about ever giving out to the government. Oh, we protect the data of our citizens, of course, in America. We wouldn't let the government have that data, no matter what. No, you'll have to sue us in federal court. You'll have to get a Supreme Court injunction before we would ever give up data from our clients. Huh, how long did that last? The lead paragraph in this story, that's the only one I need to read, it states this. The U.S. government is in active talks with Facebook, Google, and a wide variety of tech companies and health experts about how they can use data gleaned from Americans' phones to combat the novel coronavirus, including tracking whether people are keeping one another at safe distances to stem the outbreak. Well, so much for privacy. This brings up another topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and that is the topic of public-private partnerships. That's exactly what's going to happen here. Because now, the government is offering public-private partnerships to just about anybody that has two nickels to rub together. They're begging private companies to come in and save the day. So now, Facebook, Google, and that wide array of tech companies have great incentive to give the government what it wants because it's going to get from the government what it wants, and that is a public-private partnership so that they can get their hands into the government machinery. And I can tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose on this in the end. The government has no business, by the way, exposing sensitive private citizen data to anyone. They're supposed to be protecting us, for Pete's sake, not harming us. But now they're going to let these companies in, and these companies will leave with a whole lot more than they came in with. I guarantee it. That's the nature of public-private partnerships. The private parties in these partnerships have absolutely no obligation to the American citizens. They have absolutely no obligation to the constitution of our country, or a state constitution for that matter. They basically can do whatever they want to do in the name of business, of course. Must protect the shareholders, they'll say while they're fleecing the public. Public-private partnerships need to be shut down everywhere. They have no business being part of government. They are not government. We did not elect them. We did not even appoint them. But our government leaders that are pushing public-private partnerships need to have their feet held very close to the fire in this because they're selling us down the river. So now as a result of the coronavirus outbreak, it looks like privacy is completely out the door our own government will have the ability to track everybody continuously across the nation. You think they'll use it for anything else other than coronavirus? Maybe they'll just pull the kill switch after the coronavirus pandemic goes away and, oh, we don't need that anymore. We'll just not do that now. I don't think so. It's not the way government works, and that's not the way they're working now either. Now, I just kind of saved the last story as the big story. Wasn't written by me either, by the way. It was written by a lady by the name of Barbara Lowe Fisher. She's the executive director of the National Vaccine Information Center. 
subtitle, Your Health, Your Family, Your Choice. NVIC has been around for a long time. They've been defending your right to choose whether or not you have a needle stuck in your arm mandated by the government against your will. This is an incredible story. She just released this on the NVIC website. It's an extensively documented article. She also did a video of it. So you can read it or you can listen to it. Your choice. But I don't want anybody to tell me they ignored it and just thought, oh, I don't need to learn about that. Here's the title. Power Grab. The National Plan to Vaccinate Every American. Can you see this coming? With a global pandemic going on right now, and everybody in the medical industry scrambling for a solution for vaccine. When it comes out, when they come out, they will ask the government to force everyone on planet Earth to take the vaccine. The lawyers from these big pharma companies have been making the rounds to individual states in America for years now, introducing mandated vaccine laws in every state that will listen to them. And they've done it. Some states have already mandated it. Others have fought it. But this is a master plan. This is not just some anecdotal lawsuit here and there or legislation here or there to bring this to pass. No, this has been an orchestrated plan for a long time now. Big Pharma found it very expedient to get into politics and get control over the health system in America. They have done it. Because now they are the ones calling the shots, no pun intended, about how vaccine technology is going to proceed. The day that they get the power to force people to take their vaccines will be the day that the human race begins to deteriorate on a massive scale. If there was any assurance that they tested these products adequately before they released them to the market, that would be one thing, but they don't. It would be nice if they actually tracked the cases where damage is caused as a result of these vaccines. That would be great, but they're not doing that either. The only thing that matters to them is they will tell you what you need to take, and you just roll up your sleeve, Buster. We're giving it to you right now. It kind of reminds me of years and years ago when I was in the military. When anybody was deployed into a dangerous area, they had to take shots of one kind or another immunization shots against this or that. And of course, in the military, you don't have any choice. You do what they tell you to do or else you get court-martialed. So they set up these long shot lines out on a parade field somewhere. And they had the little air guns that would load in the vaccine bottles and then they just shoot some into your arm with a poof. Whatever they had to give you, you said, yes, sir. But then, of course, at that point, you got to remember you were there serving at their instance. You had no rights. You had no say. The drill sergeant used to tell us frequently, as a matter of fact, we own you. You do what we say. Well, that's one thing for the military. I don't think there's anything that the American public is ready for. When the government comes to us and says, we own you now, you will do what we say. We say, take this vaccine. If you get a bad reaction to it, well, that's just the luck of the draw. This is technocracy working at the highest level. I've never seen anything like it in the history of the world. These people are intending to elevate science as a god. They intend to install themselves as the priesthood. And they will go up the mountain to listen to the oracle of science to see what science has to say today. And when they hear from science, that is the oracle, 
They will come down the mountain and tell the rest of us ignorant fools on the ground what science has said. Thus says science, you must take this shot today. You must not go to these places today. You must stay home today. Whatever it is, if you don't obey, the God of science will be very angry with you, and we have ways of dealing with you, anti-science people. I'm struck by the fact that in New York City, virus shaming has now become the big thing. People that are isolated in their own apartments, maybe many stories up from the street level, are leaning out their windows and yelling at the people down on the street who, for whatever reason, are out for a walk, going somewhere. They're yelling at them, shaming them for being out. Selfish, selfish people spreading horrid viruses on the street. Why, they should be home like us. There was a time when disasters would bring out the best in people. That isn't happening today. People are paranoid. Of course, they're scared. They're angry. They're resorting to behaviors that they never would have resorted to 10 years ago, even five years ago, but we see it today. There is a raft of articles up on technocracy.news. You just have to go there and dig in. But I'm telling you, while this coronavirus pandemic is going around the world, technocrats are so busy right now, this is their day in the sun. Realize that. You're going to see stories all over the place where these nutcakes are coming out to take control of the planet. If we let them do it, we're going to get what we deserve, and you won't like it. This is not the America that we signed up for. This will be the global scientific dictatorship that will micromanage every human life on earth if it could. So I hope you take it to heart, spread the word around, educate your friends, your family, your coworkers, your colleagues. Technocracy is the clear and present danger to the world today. Not socialism, not communism, not Marxism. It's technocracy. I hope there's going to be a day when I don't have to write or speak about technocracy ever again. That would please me greatly. But until the threat is neutralized, I'm not going anywhere. And I hope you don't either. I'm Patrick Wood for Technocracy News and Trends. See you next time. Mm-hmm.